Thank you for tuning in. We're continuing our conversation on Kind is the New Classy by Candace Cameron Bray. This podcast episode is brought to you by Two Posh Pineapples Christmas VIP event. We want to invite you to join us Saturday, December 1st from 4 to 8 p.m. to get all of your Christmas shopping done. So after she... Or while she was wearing this Not Today Satan t-shirt, she took a picture of herself in it and posted it on Instagram. And apparently, I didn't know this person because I don't really get out much. What is her name? <coughs> Bianca Del Rio? Yeah, I don't know who that is either. Um, well, she's from RuPaul's Drag Race, which I don't watch either. I don't either. Um, but she apparently had taken this catchphrase and kind of, for lack of a better word, copyrighted it. Is that the right word for it? I guess. And she um, said that because Candace posted this on her page that she was anti-LJ, LLJ, Lord, <laughs> LGBT, and um, all these negative comments and everything were just flooding her Candace's Instagram, and she just woke up the next morning with all this nonsense happening. Mm-hmm. And um, she said that it was a very upsetting experience to her because she in no way meant it as derogatory towards anyone right and she said that her knee-jerk reaction was to fight back and I was like you get it because I think you should yeah (laughs) but then she said she learned she in her all her years that she has learned the retaliation rarely results in positive dialogue and I think that I got a bad temper y'all and um that's probably something that I should think about more clearly when I Anyway, um, she said that her goal was to be heard, not to get in a war. So um, the next thing she did is what I think we all should do when we are faced with maybe not a situation of this magnitude, but any situation where we feel like our knee-jerk reaction is to fight back. She said that she took a beat and she silently prayed. So what are some, have you ever been in a situation where your knee-jerk reaction was to fight back? Maybe with your words, I hope not. <laughs> well, if you know me, you know that I am extremely non-confrontational. Mm-hmm. Like, I avoid it at all costs, uh, pretty much. Um, and so I don't think that my first reaction is to fight back to that person. But I will say that it's equally as bad mm-hmm. to harbor that resentment or whatever it is Mm -hmm. um in your heart even if you don't say it out loud Mm -hmm. so for me I think that is something that I struggle with uh daily Mm -hmm. I mean we talked about road rage and I don't really think that I mean just to be clear I don't really (laughs) think that (laughs) I would be categorized as road rage per se but I just call it that because um I get really frustrated at Maybe drivers. It should be called road frustrations. Maybe. Okay. So that's what we'll call it, road <laughs> frustration. But anyway, so I think, you know, that's on the reg, you know, every time I drive, which is a lot. So, um, so just because you're not saying it to that person, your first reaction is, oh my gosh, they're so crazy mm-hmm. or whatever the case is. And we really should just take a minute and try to, well, first pray. Obviously we talked about that before, but try to maybe put ourselves in their shoes and also recognize like I think in this situation which is so just funny and ironic is that her shirt said not today Satan and that is exactly what what happened Mm -hmm. literally Satan just like got in there Mm -hmm. and and blew this up Satan's so rude yes so I just think it's so crazy and you know a lot of times especially in my life I don't think to myself Satan you better get off my back. What I think is, this person is nuts. Yeah. And so, yeah. So we can all work on that. <laughs> Obviously, I don't know if Candace is still on The View. Do you know? I don't think she is. Um. Well, she... Was, I don't watch The View. I don't either. <laughs> Probably if I knew she was on there, I maybe would have at least recorded it and gone back later to watch it. But yeah. anyway, she got the opportunity and was asked to be on The View. And when... 
they asked her she was living in her kids and everything were in California and she was doing all this other stuff with Fuller House and she said she just did not have the time to be filming The View in New York right um so she said no originally and then they came back with her came back to her with another offer and she still wasn't to where she could um do the hallmark everything that she does there and she said no again um and basically because she knew her purpose and she knew that she wanted to still have time with her family and what she was doing now that she um didn't didn't think that she could do it but god kept putting it back at her Mm -hmm. candace I think this is what you need to do. Right. And um, how do you think there's a time where God has opened doors for you or maybe have it, have had to have had, anyway, kick you through the door instead of um, <laughs> I have doing a it? big major example of that. His name is Maverick. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I think, I don't know, is everyone who knows me, knows that after we had our first child we didn't want any more kids Mm -hmm. and we were adamant about that we told everyone no we are never having any more kids Mm -hmm. period and i mean we took all the necessary steps to not do that to not have any more kids so we thought um and then all of a sudden here i am Mm -hmm. and i was pregnant and looking back i think I know that it was all God because it it was just amazing the way that he laid everything out. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like Candace talks about in her book how, you know, she had this list of of requirements, Mm -hmm. so to speak, about this job and how the only way she'd be able to make it work is if every single one of those boxes was checked. And dag on if he didn't check Mm -hmm. every single box. And I think for us, like, even though we didn't have a choice, we were already pregnant. But he, (laughs) he, he checked every box for us too. I mean, Mm. um, you know, financially, obviously that's always a big worry when you have kids or when you're planning to have children. And so, um, he just, he took care of us in every single way. He checks mm-hmm. every single box. And so, um, yeah, I definitely think that's one way that he was like, you don't have a choice. This, this is what you're getting. This is what you're doing. Um, and I feel like that was the same way for her. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that even though she gave the excuse of um, different reasons why that she probably the biggest reason why she didn't want to do it is because she didn't feel qualified. And that I know I struggled with. I have to do all the research and I need to know all the things before mm-hmm. I do something. And God doesn't really work that way. He does not at all. Yeah. Thank goodness we don't have to do it on our own qualifications yeah. because we'd fall short every single time. We'd just sit in the darkness and right. do nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there are lots of time or examples in the Bible when he called people who were not qualified. There was Moses who led people out of slavery. David, he was a um, shepherd boy. He didn't know. He didn't know how to be a king, and God made him a king. Right. Um, there's Esther. She was the um, beauty queen of the Bible, and she um, saved God's people from being killed. Mm-hmm. So there's all sorts of people that in the Bible that maybe weren't qualified on their own, but with God, they could have done it all. Yeah. Um, so Candace says that every person is always worthy of our respect, even if we don't agree with their views, which... I think especially in today's time, people get so caught up on the fact that, well, they're not like us, so obviously I can't be friends with them. Right. Um, So what are your thoughts on her point of view of that? Well, let me just say that when I first started reading this book, I actually, you and I had discussed reading it and doing podcasts about it, and so I looked it up, I Googled it, and if you've ever Googled a book, you can see a little um, snippet Mm -hmm. of the book, a preview, and it had the introduction, just the introduction of the book. So I read it. And this is the reason that I wanted to do the book in the first place Mm -hmm. is because the introduction, just the introduction is so profound. She talks about how she was in a stressful time period. She was on the view. So she was away from her family at her children's school, there was some kind of an emergency situation where she called her children to talk about 
you know, their safety and just make mm-hmm. sure they were okay. Well, then she talks about how she caught her husband and he kind of reprimanded her, I guess, mm-hmm. for asking the kids if they were okay rather than just saying, um, you know, well, you're safe, everything's going to be fine and reassuring them, which is what he felt like she should have done. And so she has this moment where she breaks down mm-hmm. and she goes into her dressing room and she gets underneath the table and like in the closet. on her knees, yeah, yeah. in the closet, <laughs> and she um, she cries. And this is before she's getting ready to go on in front of a live audience. And so she hears this knock on her door and she says, I'm just going to be silent so they'll go away. <laughs> They didn't go away. They were persistent. They kept knocking. So finally she gets up and she says, come in, and it's Whoopi. And if you know anything about Whoopi and her views on anything, you would know that she and Candace are almost opposites, would you say? Yeah. Uh, she, you know, politically and whatever, they're just kind of opposite. And so she talks about how all she did when she walked in the room was hug her. And mm-hmm. it made me stop in my tracks because I was like, Ashley, would you do that? Would you do that for someone who was opposite of you in opinion, beliefs, whatever? Would you do that? And the answer is probably no. And I hate to admit that because obviously I wouldn't say to myself at that moment, I'm not going to hug you because I don't agree with you. But <clears throat> but I just wouldn't probably think to do that because kindness is not my knee-jerk reaction. Mm-hmm. So that's something I need to work on and pray about, obviously. But um, but just in the introduction, she talks about that moment where they, she just hugs her. Mm-hmm. No matter their differences, no matter, you know, what they're going through or whatever, Whoopi recognized that she needed a hug and she needed kindness, and that's what she did, period. Yep. We talked about how Jesus in the Bible calls the unqualified there's also probably equally or more um or god calls them either way um (laughs) um there there are a lot of examples in the bible where jesus showed kindness so in the book of matthew there is the story of the woman who needed to be healed and she touched the hem of his robe and instead of you know kicking her away and saying Mm -hmm. woman Right. Why are you touching me? Yeah. He responded um, with kindness and compassion. There are, there's a story in the book of John, John chapter four, the woman at the well where the, um, there's a Samaritan woman and back in the day, Jews and Samaritans didn't intermingle. Right. So, um, he showed kindness to that woman right where she was at. And then the, um, Probably the most popular one was when he extended courtesy to the thieves and the bad people on the mm-hmm. cross yeah. on either side of him. Um, so there's all sorts of situations in the Bible where he showed kindness that was not conditional, which right. I think some people might think they're right being kind, but maybe there's a condition to it. Like, yeah. I'll be kind to you today if, you if you're do nice something to me. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which I think... We need to learn to um, be kind, even if they're going to not be the nicest to us in return, Yeah, which is not easy, I don't think. No, absolutely not. So on page 89, let me turn there, she talks about, it. there's a section entitled, Kindness Doesn't Mean We Always Agree, which we kind of already touched on this. But in this section, she talks about how it is okay for people to have a difference in opinion from us, and we should still be kind because everyone is made in God's image. And we already talked about that a little bit. Um, nothing is gained by yelling, she said. When when was the last time your opinion was changed through a heated Facebook debate? Yes. <laughs> when I read that part, mm-hmm. I said, Candace, girl, you are right on. Yep. Because this is why I say when I scroll through my Facebook and I look at these people who have these memes or have these really passionate debates or posts about their political stance or Mm -hmm. their stance on these hot topics. And I think to myself, why? Why? You can say things nicely, Mm -hmm. say things nicely, and you can, you know, state your opinion, of course. Absolutely, it's your Facebook page. But when 
you get ugly, people turn you off Mm -hmm. and they don't even see what you're saying anymore. Um, They don't hear you, you know, it might go in one ear and right out the other. And so I think it's really important to just like give that a voice at this moment and say, if you're doing that, you're getting nowhere. And I I mean, obviously I have to remind myself of that too. Um, I have children and a husband and friends and sometimes you just get super passionate about something and you might yell or whatever the case may be um we're human Mm -hmm. um but I do think it's important to remember that if you're if that's the way that you're coming across to someone it's probably not going to go anywhere positive (laughs) probably like this person again right off of the rants (laughs) this person is nuts (laughs) Um, how, why do you think social media encourages negativeness and unkindness? Honestly, I think it's because you do not have to be in some, in someone's face. Mm -hmm. You're behind a computer screen, you're typing away and you don't feel that sense of, I don't know, I don't even know how to explain it, but you know, you like, you just feel like you can say whatever you want because you're not in that person's face and you don't necessarily have to deal with their reaction. Mm -hmm. Um, or you also don't have to really answer for the way that you're treating them because you're not in their face. Mm -hmm. And so I think it gives a lot of people an excuse to say whatever they want without thinking about how it's going to be to that other person. person, Right, exactly. It never really comes back or they think that it won't. Right. On page 107, she talks about the word ambitious and it is entitled, She's Ambitious. (laughs) (laughs) Like negative. (laughs) Have you ever heard of ambition being used like a bad word towards women? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like she talks about how (laughs) her, you know, and I think it's still true today, but specifically back when maybe our grandparents Mm -hmm. were raising children, um, you know, the women were supposed to be, at home doing the housework and if they were doing both if they were working in their home obviously but then also having a job outside of the home then they Mm -hmm. were ambitious they were you know overachievers they were you know just really trying to have it all and it wasn't put in a positive perspective and I think we have come away from that a little bit nowadays but a lot of times it still creeps back in there women just have this or I guess society has a view of women that, you know, our primary role is to be the mom mm-hmm. and the wife and the home uh, caretaker. And if we try to do more than that, or if we are, heaven forbid, a small business owner, mm-hmm. um, then it's ambition, but it's it's not the good kind. You yeah. know, I feel like people don't, don't really mean it in a positive way. I also think lately maybe it's flipped a little bit people or specifically other women look at women who are staying home and they're like stay at home moms all they do is sit and do nothing all day Mm -hmm. long and so um I think that's unnecessary to like just let people do them and whatever makes them happy and works for their family for Um, sure I think the scripture Colossians three twenty three and 24, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. And I just think um, whether you're working at home or mm-hmm. you're crushing glass ceilings or whatever the term yeah. is, <laughs> um, as long as you're doing it with the right, um, with the right goal in mind or the right intention. Yeah. Intention yeah. that. As long as you're doing it that way, you do you, boo. Yeah. Do you just, Candace kind of discusses her thoughts on dreamers on page 109. Do you consider yourself a dreamer? I think as women, and me specifically, I have a little bit harder time dreaming the big dreams. Mm-hmm. It's easy to say, oh, yeah, I have these goals to, I don't know, have an emergency fund for my family mm-hmm. or. Uh, whatever the case may be. But it's harder to say, I have this dream that, you know, 10 years from now, I will not be working at my day job. I will be able to to contribute to my family financially 
with this side hustle that I have right now. It's going to be that big mm -hmm. and we are going to be able to have, you know, all these wonderful products that are going to, you know, not only make us successful financially, but also be able to set a good example for my kids um, and, you know, for others who maybe want to do this and women and small business owners and Christians. Mm -hmm. um, it's harder for me to dream those big dreams. So I think that I am a dreamer a little, maybe those easier to obtain things that I can say, these are the steps I'm going to do to get there. Mm -hmm. um, but those big dreams that are Seem things crazy. that you have mm -hmm. to, to take a leap of faith for, mm -hmm. that's harder for me. Yeah, this section is entitled Dream Big, Pray Harder. Um, so I just think, what are what are the, some ways that you pray for your dreams? Do you have specific ways or you make a list? or? I hear quite often that we should pray specifically. And I struggle mm -hmm. with that because I always feel like when I'm asking for something that I'm being selfish. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Mm -hmm. So when I'm praying for, like, for example, my business, I'll say, Lord, I just want your will to be done. Mm -hmm. But I know that the Bible says, ask for it. Right. And so for me, I, I have to work on that. I have to work on you know, praying for things specifically and saying, like you had mentioned, you know, a certain number of sales mm -hmm. with an event that we have or um, a certain level that we're trying to reach or whatever the case is. If I, I know that he wants to hear from me and I know that he mm -hmm. wants to hear the desires of my heart, but it's hard for me to get Definitely. to that point. I agree. I, when you said um, you feel selfish when you're asking for things. So I have, um, on my prayer list, I have a section for thank you, Lord, and a section for <laughs> prayers. And sometimes if, the, if, the, if they're not even, then I'm like, oh, maybe I should find some more things to be thankful for. <laughs> and so I understand that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so she discusses um, the importance of having people of faith in every industry, which I had never really thought of it that way. Me neither. Um, so what are your thoughts on that, having people of faith in every industry? Why do you think it's important? Well, I think sometimes, and even for me, just at a first glance, you know, we think that Christians should have those holy jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, they should have the ones where they are uh, a preacher mm -hmm. or a, you know, Sunday school worker or whatever those jobs are that are, you know, obviously for Christians. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have Christians in every job, if you don't have people of faith doing everything, how are we supposed to reach those people that mm -hmm. don't come to church or those people who are only going to see Christ through you? Right. She says, um, if you're not changing the world, then who is? So basically, if believers aren't making movies, books, um, if they're not teaching, then obviously people who don't believe are doing all of that. And right. That's really not the direction that we, I don't think, need to go in. Right. So on page 113, she says, We are free to pursue ambitions outside of our Christian bubble um, because God is outside of the bubble, too. He is present in the most unexpected places. So, like we were talking about, there's um, certain jobs, if you're Christians, that people think you need to do in order to um, fulfill your whatever you're supposed to be doing, like pastors or mm -hmm. youth ministers whatever but we don't have to do that because god just isn't he's not just a church right yeah he's all the places right um places you don't expect <laughs> right and if he called us all to be pastors then there would, there be, would be no congregation right <laughs> it would be just a bunch of people talking to themselves right <laughs> um so it's talked it talked about daniel's story in the bible she said that she studied it in a in a woman's small group and she Basically, Daniel was an Israelite, one of God's chosen people, and they had been taken into captivity in Babylon. Then Daniel, he was young. He was brought to the service to the most influential person in the kingdom, King Nebuchadnezzar, which as a child I always thought that was a fun word. <laughs> um, in the king's palace, Daniel's behavior stood out. He prayed faith 
faithfully every day. And this was noticed in a nation where Israel's God was not worshipped. So, um, basically people um, decided they didn't like Daniel because Nebuchadnezzar, that was his right-hand man, and they wanted to be Nebuchadnezzar's besties. Right. And um, so instead of they tried to overthrow Daniel by um, making it a rule where he couldn't pray. Mm-hmm. And, Lord, if I was told I couldn't pray, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> um, but Daniel did it anyway. Yeah. And then they threw him in there with some lions, and God protected him right. and sent an angel to protect him. So it just kind of related to we can pursue ambitions outside of that because God was in there when the lions did with Daniel, even though you may not have expected that he would be there to help him. Right. And also, you know, something that I think we we often forget is that God places that calling on mm-hmm. your life. He places those desires in you to be a painter or to be a filmmaker or to be a songwriter or whatever the case may be, even if it's something that you might think is insignificant. Um, so he's not going to place that in your heart without and then just like let you go, right. like okay, well there you go, shoo, um, you know he's gonna he's gonna, you know not forsake that mm-hmm. he he always finishes what he starts, and so I think it's important to remember that if you have that calling, you you need to pursue it and know that he's got your back. Yeah, I think um, our business is kind of an example of that because it's been something that I had wanted to do forever and ever, right, and. I wanted to do it with my mom and my sister, and they were like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then, um, even though Ashley and I, you know, we're family and we've known each other forever, we weren't right. really, I wouldn't say besties. Right. <laughs> yeah. And um, one day, I'm not even sure how it happened, we just mentioned it, and um, Ashley's like, well, duh, that sounds cool. So yeah. that's how it all started. Yeah. Um, so I just, he put that into my, I wanted to do it, and then he let me find Ashley. And know? honestly, I really do believe that that this passion that you and I share was on purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I feel like everything is on purpose, but, you know, specifically to bring us together because, mm-hmm. like you said, we weren't super close. And I just, I really feel like that was absolutely divinely planned. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think we're still in chapter. I don't know what chapter we're in. Um, <laughs> but she talks about the cost of playing it safe. So a little earlier in the book, she talks about her friend, Shalene. I think that's how you pronounce that. I don't know. Um, We're going to go with it. Something like that. (laughs) So, Shalene um, invited some people over to her house, and on her refrigerator, she had a picture of two kids from Africa. Mm -hmm. And one of the guests was like, who are these children? Mm -hmm. Because obviously they were not, they did not look anything like Shalene. Right. Um, And Shalene was like, those are the kids I sponsor in Africa. And the guy or girl, I don't know if it was a man. I don't know. I kind of assumed it was, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's another story for another day. (laughs) Um, The guy was like, well, your bunny is probably going to some scam artist in Mm -hmm. some big city. And she, that really troubled her. And what she did is she got her an airplane ticket to Africa and she just, she went to the mud huts in Africa and met these children. Mm -hmm. And um, that I would not have thought to do that. <laughs> to yeah, just me neither. Fly to Africa. Yeah. So if she had played it safe and was just like, you know, he's probably right. Maybe I shouldn't donate here anymore. Yeah. Then those two girls in Africa um, wouldn't have that extra funding. Right. So what do you think the cost of playing it safe? How does that reflect in your life? You think? Well, I think when you relate it all back to your purpose. You know, my my purpose in life is to glorify God, to be like Jesus. How can we accomplish that if we stay inside our little bubble every mm-hmm. day? Mm-hmm. We can't. I don't. I don't see a way that we could. So I think when you relate it back to that, um, you know, that really puts it into perspective for you. And also with Shalene, even though that may have seemed like something super small for her. She then went on to open this huge, I guess it's a nonprofit, mm-hmm. for um, for people to take the money that they would have spent on, for example, coffee or mm-hmm. something like that and donate it. So she went and created this huge thing that now is is super successful in, in funding for 
the underprivileged or, or whatever it is, um, all of that would have not happened if she mm-hmm. had played it safe. And so God can absolutely do amazing and huge things in your life if you take those leaps. And it may be that you think, that's so small, though. If I don't do it, it's not really going to matter. But Shailene is an example that it did matter, and it did make a big, huge difference in a lot of people's lives. So, um, you know, it's just a testament to to taking that leap and, and doing where he leads you. Mm-hmm. So we have another your turn section. Um, so she says that you may not be called to feed children in Africa or to act in Hollywood, but you are called to do something. Right. Um, and your invitation now is to discover what that calling is. So she gives some, um, I guess, tips on how to kind of do that. And she, I'm just going to list them for you. Um, so they're define your dreams. How does that dream relate to your greater purpose? So how does that dream point back to God? Write down what obstacles you might hinder or might hinder you from achieving that dream. Dream, Lord. And how will you persevere? And then how might the patience you're developing now help you in the long run? Which I think are all important points for yeah, that. for sure. And she also says in this little your turn <clears throat> section, she says that sometimes people are just looking for permission. And the God of the universe gives it to you freely. So you don't need permission from anyone else. Mm-hmm. If you do, if you feel like you do, though, this is me giving you permission to do that. <laughs> this is your sign. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the next chapter, chapter 5, is called Bad Hair Days and Bad Heart Days. So this chapter kind of talks about how she takes care of her body, which mm, she is way more committed than I am. I feel like I should be way more committed. But anyway. Me too. But this is one of my favorite, favorite chapters of this book because I think that I can relate a whole lot to this, especially in the business we have. Mm -hmm. So she said that, she said something even worse than a bad hair day is a bad heart day. And basically what she means by that is if you're feeling like you're having a bad hair day, it might be more than an inward state. Like you woke up cranky, mm-hmm. um, so you're not feeling your best self. And she said that she makes nutrition and fitness a priority because God gave her that body to take care of. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you think that applies in your life, Ashley? Well, I I am not very committed to self-care, I will just say. Like, I don't exercise like I should, and I obviously eat poorly most of the time. Um, But (laughs) I will say that when it comes to her talking about bad hair days and it being kind of a reflection of what's on the inside, it is absolutely 100% true because I can say that a lot of times people will say, well, I don't understand why you have to, you know, do your hair every day. Or I don't understand why it takes you so long to get ready. Or um, why are you doing that? We're only going here. You're not going to see anyone you know. And the bottom line is that I don't dress or do makeup or do my hair for other people. Mm-hmm. I do it for myself. And if I don't feel good, if I don't feel like I look good, then I'm not going to have the confidence I need. I'm not going to have, you know, the positive attitude that I feel like I need to have. So... I can absolutely relate to her talking about taking care of yourself and, and, you know, bad hair days type of thing. What are some ways that we, I guess both of us, are trying to better care for our bodies? So, (laughs) y'all. I will let you take that one. (laughs) We have been trying to be each other's accountability partners, y'all. and Trying. Trying is the key word. We're still working on it, but we've been trying to um, walk three times a week, and mm, it's going. We'll get there, I think. We will. (laughs) It might take 10 years, but we will get there. (laughs) So, this But you gotta start somewhere, right? right. You're right. Yeah. We just can't skip Mondays. We learned that this week. Yes. Awkward. Rule number one. Right. (laughs) So, the next section was kind of my favorite because she talks about clothes and Mm -hmm. that's kind of what we do yeah (laughs) um so it's called creating your wardrobe and she kind of lists some things that she keeps in mind when she buys clothes or gets dressed in the morning Mm -hmm. and the first thing first thing she says is comfort which 
I only dress for comfort, really. I don't, except it's shoes because, y'all, I wear a size 11. And if I find a size 10 that's cute and I can squeeze my foot into it, I will. But anyway. <laughs> um, but I think comfort is definitely a key to anybody's wardrobe. What do you think? As a mom, I will say that that is 100% key for me mm-hmm. right now in this season of my life. I will say that before I had kids, things were a little different. I might would have dressed in something that I thought was cute, but that maybe was super uncomfortable just because I wanted to look cute or because Mm -hmm. I thought it would look cute. And now I can't do Mm -hmm. that because I have to have things that are comfortable, that that are functional for me um, in this stage of my life. So absolutely, comfort is important. And if you're not comfortable in something, I mean, like, let's be honest, if you're tugging on your shirt all day long or you're pulling your pants up or you're, you you know, whatever, you do not. Mm -hmm. You're super, it's just not good. Yeah. And just to clarify, by comfort, I don't mean wearing sweatpants to, like, or a Walmart outfit like you would see on the internet. Just, um, <laughs> um, just something that, like, layers, because some rooms are cold. Just things yeah. like that. Something that fits you yeah. well, that's mm-hmm. not falling off of you or... Itchy. Right. <laughs> um, the next thing she says is color that she tries to stick to a neutral palette um, so she can wear all sorts of pieces interchangeably. What colors do you stick to? Okay, well, if you know me, like if you've seen me in person, black... Black is yep. what I wear. Everything mm-hmm. I wear is black. Now, I have tried to branch out a tiny bit, but I mean, black just looks so good. It's so, like, sophisticating and slimming. It goes with everything. Yes. Uh, so I guess you would say that that's neutral. And then I will, jewelry and shoes are my favorite statement pieces. And so I will, you know, use jewelry and shoes for bright colors or patterns or you know whatever i agree i wear lots of black yeah and um i i love a good my tassel necklace yeah all the colors that's my favorite yeah um the next thing that she keeps in mind is modesty and i like the way she puts it she says i avoid anything that is too revealing for me she says for me because i know modesty varies from person to person um so for me, I don't like to wear short shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like low-cut shirts. Right. So I just keep that in mind when I'm buying clothes or getting dressed. Yeah, same here. Um, and then she has a signature piece, which it just makes her feel extra special when she wears it. makes mm-hmm. her feel confident. Um, what's your signature piece? Well, most of the time it's a pair of shoes. I mm-hmm. love shoes. I probably have more shoes than I do clothes because, number one, they always fit. And number two... Most of the time, shoes don't really go out of style. I mean, it it takes a lot longer for shoes to go out Mm -hmm. of style than it does for clothes. But I read something or I listened to a podcast recently that was talking about how your outfit is not put together all the way. Like it wasn't complete Mm -hmm. until you had one statement piece, whether it was a necklace or shoes or a blazer or a hat or a scarf. Like something that puts everything together pulls everything together and makes it complete and I think it's so true because sometimes I'll walk out of the house and I'll forget my watch or my necklace or whatever and I'll totally feel naked because (laughs) I don't have it all together I agree I have while I do enjoy a good pair of shoes I I think jewelry or necklaces I like big colorful necklaces yeah to switch gears a little bit on page 210 she talks about intentional friendship What does intentional friendship mean to you? Well, if you had said that phrase to me while I was in high school or Mm -hmm. even college, really, I would have been like, what even is that? Because I think a lot of times in our lives, especially women, because we're so relational, Mm -hmm. we have friends of convenience, whoever is around us at the time or we might work with them or go to school with them um, or they might be our neighbor. So they're friends with us because it's convenient to be their friend. Mm-hmm. But an intentional friend or an intentional friendship looks different to me because you're friends with that person because you can connect with that person, whether they live five minutes down the road or a different state or whether it's someone that you haven't talked to in a while or someone that you talk to every day. If you connect with that person you're making an effort to spend time with them and you have an intentional friendship and it's not all about those friends that are just there, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. 
Yeah, and she talks about um, the need for pruning. Mm. She was talking to her daughter, Natasha, about um, the need to prune some people, not abandon friends, but maybe sure. not um, spend all the time with them, maybe put more intentional time with other people. Right. And pruning is never, I don't think, an easy process. I mean, literally when you're gardening, pruning is cutting things mm-hmm. off of people. And yeah. as if you're talking about cutting people, that sounds Yeah, terrible. like that sounds awful. <laughs> and it's um, hard. Yeah, but in the long run, I think it would be um, better for you. Can you pause this? On page 214, Candace talks about six ways that, or six things that she looks for in a friend. And I'll just kind of list them. The first one is she wants friends who are kind, who are strong, who are loyal, friends who are gentle, friends who are encouraging, and friends who are principled. Would you add or take anything away from that list, Ashley? I love everything that she says. And I think that, you know, ultimately what we want in a friend is someone who is going to encourage us and someone who's going to build us up and make us a better person. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you are friends with someone who does not do that for you, Mm -hmm. and I think you in turn for them, then maybe that's not the right friend for you. And I think like when it goes back to pruning, you know, I believe that you're friends with people for a season. You know, it may be that God put that person in your life for a particular season in your life and maybe that season's over maybe it's time for you to prune your list and and I'm not saying like you have to like cut that person out of your life like that's not at all what we're talking about I don't think mm-hmm. but <clears throat> there is such a thing and I've been through this myself of just spending less time with that person or making other friendships a priority if that makes sense mm-hmm. sometimes people just naturally fall away from you so I think that the list that she gives of people that you want in your life is really good and it may not be that that person's in your life for your entire life mm-hmm. but certainly you still want them to have all those qualities yeah and I think the only thing I would maybe add and she it probably is, falls under one of these categories but I look for friends who are committed not just to our friendship but committed to like if they say they're going to do something then they're doing they're not they're not flaky I guess is the word I'm looking right, for right yeah and in Proverbs 27 9 it just says a sweet friendship refreshes the soul and I think that is just the definition of what friends are all about absolutely the next couple pages she talks about how she is able to love and be friends with people who have different different opinions than her so Obviously, Candace is a Christian, mm-hmm. but her best friend, Delini, mm-hmm. um, is Buddhist. And they've been ah. um, best friends since they were 15. So, do you have... What even was my question about this? <laughs> How can you relate to that in your life? Uh, well, I work from home. Mm-hmm. So, I work with people who are from all across the U.S. Mm-hmm. And before I started this job, I was kind of, I don't know, sheltered maybe a little because, you know, here in North Carolina, I feel like, you know, there are some people who are radical right or radical left, but I feel like there's not a super, I don't know, like At least I feel like community. we're kind of, yeah, our yeah. community is a little bit um, sheltered, I guess, where we all are kind of similarly minded and so when I started meeting these people from different places and hearing their views and opinions about things it really opened my eyes to what it was like to being friends with people who don't necessarily have the same views Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that my friends at work are totally different than me but but we're we are all different because we're all humans and no two people are alike and people who have experienced different things people who have, you know, lived places where you haven't and gone through things that you haven't, obviously have different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And and I never really realized the importance of that in my life until I experienced it. Yeah, it's important to kind of see other people's point of view on things. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and she says that she thinks it has actually grown her faith because when she has to explain her opinion, then it, it forces her to dig deeper into why she believes that. So um, 
for me, I it would be like I can't just say I believe in God because I've been to church my whole life and right. that's what my family does. Yeah, I have to give actual reasons of why I do. Mm-hmm. And people, she said, ask her all the time if your best friend isn't a Christian, is it too weird or un- or uncomfortable for you to share the gospel? And she says, no way that it makes her desperately want to share it more. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's important to find friends like that so you can dig deep into why you believe the things you believe. Right. Like outside of your little bubble, because if all of your friends are, you know, just like you, then when are you really going to have the opportunity to wholeheartedly share Christ with someone else? Mm -hmm. And I think this kind of goes into our next topic here, but she talks about in order to share the gospel and things like that, you obviously have to know it and you know it by, um, and you know it by uh, like studying the Bible and things like that. Mm-hmm. So she gives some tips on some ways that you, or that she, what she does to study the Bible. She said, join a women's Bible study. And she gave lots of different books that you could use to start one if you don't already have one that you can go to. Journal, annotate, which is just a fancy word for add notes to. So if you keep a separate journal to track your Bible study, but you can also write write in your Bible, which I'm a book nerd and I don't <laughs> like to deface books. Right. <laughs> um, but if if it helps you to write it so when you're reading scripture you you can like well, at this time I thought this. Right. I highlight. I just highlight everything. Like all <laughs> the things that are that are um, you know, meaningful to me or profound or something that maybe touches me in that season of my life, I highlight it as a matter of fact I have almost literally highlighted every word in this book that we're reading (laughs) because I just I highlight everything and yeah something that I heard that someone did is that they write dates next to scripture that they've read so they would put a date next to whatever scripture was important to them at that time Mm -hmm. it could be a good way for her to reflect on at that time this is why I thought this was important yes that's a good idea the third, fourth thing, I'm not sure, is park yourself, which kind of sounded strange to me. But basically, she's saying that we struggle to, to focus on one thing for a prolonged amount of time. So if you park yourself into one spot and you're like, for this 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, I'm going to study the Bible. Mm-hmm. Take it with you, meaning you can, you don't even have to own a Bible if you don't want to. I mean, obviously, I think you should. But... You can have it on your phone. You can have it. I know that you use your notes app a mm-hmm. lot for all the things. Right. Um, so you can take it with you everywhere. And you have to let go of perfect. So I think that sometimes people picture this Bible study time and they're just like sitting there and they're like, okay. They use the deep Bible study voice. Yeah. And they <clears throat> um, have to have this Bible study workbook that's specifically yes. for that. And mm-hmm. yeah, they have to have the perfect pins, which y'all know I love a good pen, but <laughs> you don't need the perfect pen to study the Bible. Right. Because the Bible ain't about perfect people. That's right. Thank <laughs> the Lord it's not. <laughs> And then the last one, I think it's the last one. Let me turn the page make sure. Yeah. Um, the last one is to pray. So she said before she starts studying the Bible or reading a devotion, she prays and asks God to reveal to her what he wants her to see. Mm-hmm. So um, do you have anything to add to that list of ways you maybe study the Bible? I think, well, one thing that she said about praying before she starts is super important because I will say that in my younger years, not that I'm old now, <laughs> um, I sometimes would find myself reading a part of the Bible and then saying, well, I don't even know why I just read that because I really, I mean, yeah, I might have learned something about, you know, someone that was in the Bible or whatever, but I don't see how that can relate to my life Mm -hmm. or I don't see how, what he was trying to tell me right then. And so number one, it goes back to praying about it and saying, Lord, show me what about this passage you want me to see and two listening about what he's going to say back to you Mm -hmm. so a lot of times I think we think as far as prayer goes that we're just supposed to talk at him and that's it Mm -hmm. okay amen I'm done I'm moving on to the next thing check but Mm -hmm. right check it off your list but if you're having a conversation with a friend 
you want them to talk back to you. <laughs> I mean, because it's really not fun talking at yeah. someone. Um, so if you don't listen to what he's saying to you, are you really getting, are you really having a relationship mm-hmm. with him, you know? And then one thing I think, another thing about studying the Bible is as a mom, you know, we talk about how busy we are and how we have to make time for things that are priorities for us. And it's so true. It's so important to take that time even if it's 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I will say so often, because I have two kids and they don't always nap at the same time. Um, so if I have 10 minutes where they overlap and I can take that time and be intentional mm-hmm. about studying, then that's what I need to do versus trying to do it when they're awake and when they're maybe needing something from me or whatever the case is, you know, it doesn't have to be that you spend three hours, you know, in this deep discussion, you know, with God about it, which don't get me wrong, that would be wonderful. But it can also be just as meaningful if you're being intentional and spending 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it looks like for Mm -hmm. you in your life. I, I like to research things. So I like to know the historical background of scripture in the Bible. So I just felt like, I don't understand why they're talking about this. Like, what even is gleaning? Right. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so I bought a study Bible, so it gives you kind of the historical background of mm-hmm. all the scriptures. So I thought that was important for me. And you kind of already mentioned how you make time for Bible study. But for me, I was like, I don't, I just really don't have time for this. And yeah. then my boss decided we were going to have early days once a week out of the blue. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's nice. And then I'm like, this would probably be a good time. I told God I didn't have time and he was like, Susan, well, here, let me you make early time. Day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's kind of how I make time for that. Yeah. And that's all I got. So overall, I think the book is wonderful. I definitely encourage everyone to read it. I mean, even men, like mm-hmm. if you, if you want a little insight into women, like here you go. Yeah. Because men um, need to be kind too, yeah. For sure. Everyone. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, so I encourage you to read this book, and if you if you don't have time, or if you you know are reading other books or whatever, then hopefully th- our podcast and what we discussed gives you all the important parts of it mm-hmm. that you need. And uh, if you have any questions about it, certainly let us know. Send it send it to us, and we'll be happy to respond. Yep. We love the book so much. We want to give you one. Head over to our Facebook page and share the post about this podcast episode and be entered to win a copy of the book. Thank you for tuning in and listening. If you have any questions or have a topic you want to hear us talk about, you can email them to faithandfashion at twoposhpineapples.com. If you enjoyed today's topic, go ahead and click that subscribe button so you'll get a notification when new episodes drop. Also, let others know what you think by giving us some stars and leaving a review.